Well, good evening, guys. Yeah, like Russ said, my name is Earl, and I just want to say thanks to Russ. Russ is one of probably the top three most influential men in my life and has just been there and seen me grow a lot, I think. I was just thinking earlier this week of just different times Russ and I have been um, together. And so for those of you that don't know, I grew up in faith, especially in high school. I'd call faith my home church when I was in high school. And um, when Russ came, I think I was an eighth grader, and Russ was the youth pastor at the same time that I was just getting into high school. And so uh, we became close, and Russ discipled me for a long time. And I think just one of the times of the growth that I've made with Russ being discipling me was, I think as a freshman, and we were out in the foyer, and we were in a big circle, and there's about 30 of us. And Russ is just smiling right now because um, what happens next is I think it's funny to go and de-pants <laughs> one of my friends. And so Russ letting me be up here tonight I think speaks a lot to the maturity that he's seen in me um, <laughs> after I've deep, like, pulled someone's pants down. Thankfully, they had underwear on still, and it was fine, but there was definitely a conversation that Russ said, Earl, we shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> and so, <laughs> um, yeah, and this is even thinking... Uh, I actually did a, an internship here uh, my, after my sophomore year of college, and that really just sparked the, God's call in my life to go into full-time ministry. And I just remember even thinking we, we took a trip together to Ohio with the youth group, and Russ and I got to share a double bed for, uh, for a whole week. And that, I, I forgot to give the picture to the tech crew, but that's a picture I had up, and I was laughing on my phone. This week is just me smiling, and Russ is just like... And so, yeah, Russ, you are just truly a gift to me, and thank you so much also just for letting me be here, and, and faith is just such a great opportunity, and so just to give an update on the ministry that I'm doing right now in Lawrence, Kansas, I'm a part of a network of churches that's called the SALT Network, and so many of you probably know either some college students or some recent grads that have been a part of SALT Company, and so it's a part of a local church at every different campus in the SALT Network, and so I'm in Kansas, like you said, there's Iowa State is where the home um, church is called Cornerstone, and they're kind of the launching pad to all these different campuses. And so I serve on staff as, at a new church, and so Story Hill Church has existed for about a, just over a year now, a year, like 15 or 16 months. And so um, I just have a video that I wanna, I'm going to show here, and so it's going to be a recap of our Salt Company College kickoff. So every fall, the first week, we go and we gather students on campus to invite them to our kickoff. And so this is going to be a highlight of it, of what um, Salt Company looks like, just to give you guys a glimpse into what my ministry is. I think some of you, you just desperately need to know the kind of power that Jesus showed at Lazarus' tomb. Like we just read over this. He raised a dead guy to life. Raised a dead guy to life. And then weeks later, he walked out of his own tomb as he raised himself up. In our place, my tomb, your tomb, their tomb. And as surely as Jesus raised from the dead, we can be saved. Like if he actually walked out of the tomb, it changes everything. College cannot be the same for you because someone defeated death 
and is never to die again is giving you life. You can't live the same if that's true. If nothing else in these four years, make sense of that. Make sense of that. just brings just so much joy to my face. That's just a couple months ago. And so we had over 150 college students at our kickoff. And, and part of our, our mission and vision of, as our church and this network is we want to go reach college campuses and their community because we believe that college students are the most strategic people to reach with the gospel because they're going to go to somewhere else. Like Ben Butcher's in here. I, I hung out with him today. He was a part of Salt Company Ames, and he's come back. He was discipled there, raised up, and now it's just living here in the church of um, faith. And there's just so many people that saw companies trying to invest in college students to raise them up, to make disciples. Or like, I got a picture that we just had six guys get baptized um, this past weekend, actually. And so we had these six guys just got baptized and just sinking them. There's, there's numerous stories of how God has changed them and worked in their lives because our church and our ministry has been there. Not that anyone else couldn't, but by us being there, we just, God has been blessing us. And we just, these are just stories I think of, like, I don't have time to explain them now. And actually, just a story I want to share isn't someone who's up there yet, but he will be getting baptized soon is a guy named Bo. And so Bo, um, he's a freshman. He's from North Dakota, came to KU, and we were playing um, volleyball on campus right before the school year started. So we just have these different events throughout the school year to invite, or before the school starts, to invite in new, new students. And so... Bo was walking by the volleyball courts they were playing at, and I just ran over to this big group of guys and said, hey, do you want to come play volleyball? And actually, Bo came and played volleyball with us, and he started to come to, to Salt Company. So he was at that kickoff of the video you just saw, and so he's been coming to a lot of different events, and then I sat down with him with our college pastor who would have been teaching that night in the video, and so he, we sat down with Bo two weeks ago and just talked with him about life, and we just sat there and we were, we were actually, he was interviewing to go overseas this summer. Part of what we do was sending teams overseas. And we were just asking him what God's done in his life and, and what is this, the gospel and what it means to him. And, and Bo actually couldn't explain why he's a Christian. And so we got to sit there and walk through the gospel of how, how Jesus died for him and that he doesn't have to do anything except accept God's grace in Jesus and, and put his trust in him. And so we got to see Bo go from death to life that day. And in the next couple months, Bo's going to be getting baptized um, and taking another step in obedience. And so that's just one of the many stories that I could share of what God has been doing through our ministry and through our church. And so I, just, I believe that I'm in one of the most strategic places to plant churches because we're reaching people. And, and we see it as more than just in the United States, but, but our mission is to go globally as we have, we're sending teams over there every summer for, for eight weeks to, to win people to Jesus and to have people who have never heard the name of Jesus hear it. And so um, there's so much more that I could share and would love to. And so if you're interested in uh, just talking sometime about even how you could financially um, partner with our church and with me. I would love to do that. And there's also 
going to be afterwards. I sent out a monthly newsletter, and so I have my laptop with me, and I'm going to set it up at the back table back there, and you can just put your email and name in there if you'd like to receive the newsletter updates. I know numerous of you guys do, and so I just like to send a one to two page update of what God is doing in Lawrence and the people that he's um, changing. And so if you do feel drawn to invest in the next generation and see the gospel be taken further, you can talk to me later. I'd love to. And so I just want to say thank you to Faith before I dive into what God's placed in my heart tonight. Just thank you for your investment in me as a person. I've grown so much because of Faith Community and, and for many of you who support me and the church itself that supports me. And just prayers too. I know there's a lot of people who've been praying for me for many years. And so, yeah, thank you. Let's just, I want to pray again to dive into what I think God's put on my heart for, for everyone to hear tonight. God, thank you for this opportunity to, to gather together um, this is Wednesday night. You know all of our stories in here. You know where we're at in life. You know what's going on. You know the, the struggles or the good things. And just the season we're in can be hard for some, but also great for some. And so I just pray tonight as we come together to talk about thankfulness and in the season of Thanksgiving, that you just speak to all of us in here and just remind us of how good you are and how good Jesus is. In Jesus' name, amen. And so tonight, um, just being the holiday season and Thanksgiving, we are going to talk about thankfulness. And so I think for some of you that you're like, okay, we're going to talk about it again. I've, I've heard this before. Or for, for others, you're like, oh, we need to talk about it. It's a great reminder. And so what I want to talk about though specifically tonight is I want to make the claim that our lives should be giving in more than just this season and in more than just today or tomorrow as we, as we celebrate with family and friends or this weekend. But our lives, if, if you're in Christ, should be marked by thanksgiving. And so, if we just define thanksgiving, like I, I think it's a, a great start for what I want to go to tonight, is, is thanksgiving is the experience of being thankful. And thankful is defined as feeling or expressing gratitude, appreciative. And so we're going to look at a psalm and see what the Bible talks about when we're addressing thankfulness, which, like Russ said, is actually the same psalm he just read. And so the psalmist is encouraging the people to sing and shout to the Lord and remind us why their thanksgiving should be unceasing. And so I am going to read it again before we keep going. Let the whole earth shout triumphantly to God. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good and his faithful love endures forever. His faithfulness through all generations. And so I, I titled tonight's message, A Life Marked by Thanks. Because if, if you're in Christ, if you're a Christian, your life should be full of unceasing thanks to God. And so we're going to walk through some of this text. And I, I have three main points that I'm going to talk about tonight of how our lives should be marked by thanks. And so when I'm using this term mark, marked, I want to define it. And again, I actually just Googled it because I think it's a term we use a lot. Of, but I, I wanted to make sure again that I am clear in my definition. So marked means 
having a visible mark, clearly noticeable, evident. So a life that is clearly noticeable by thanks. A life that is evident by thanks. And so my three main points, just to give them to you now, is a life marked by thanks is full of gratitude, full of worship, and full of Jesus. And so my first, first one, we're just going to dive in and see how this applies. And so a life marked by thanks is full of gratitude. So gratitude is the quality of being thankful. It's the readiness to show appreciation for and to return kindness. And we see the reason to, be, to have gratitude is because what the text shows us for who God is. In verse 5, we see, For the Lord is good. His faithful love endures forever. His faithfulness through all generations. So God is good, he is love, and he is faithful. And so if we look even back to verse 3, the psalmist is going to tell us why. Like, why is God good? Why is he love? Why is he faithful? Well, it says, he made us. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Like, God is our creator. He is our righteous owner. But sometimes the thing we think of owner, we think of, of it as a bad thing. But, but God is our shepherd. He, he is leading us. He's, he's taking care of us in his pastures. And so God proved that he is good, loving, and faithful by sacrificing his son to die for us. Like, we all deserve death. Like, the, the best thing that can happen to us in life is God, his grace, that is found in only Jesus. Like, that's truly the best thing that can happen to us. And so, therefore, the reason to be thankful this holiday season and every other day is because of God's grace in sending Jesus to die for us and raising him for the grave. Like, God gives lots of good gifts. Like, there's a lot of things that we think about it right now that, that even just in the season that we're probably thinking of, we're thankful for our kids or our wife or our husband or, or whatever it is that we're thankful for. But the greatest gift that anyone could ever receive is Jesus. And so one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible is, is Ephesians 2, because it gives such a great explanation of the gospel and why we should have gratitude. And so I'm just going to read Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. I was just reading my Bible yesterday morning, and I was in Ephesians, and so I, I read this and was just moved to, to gratitude of how good God is. Starting just verse 1. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you previously lived according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit now working in the disobedient. We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts. And we were by nature children under wrath as the others were also. Like, we're all sinners under God's wrath. Like, we are born under God's wrath that, that we are going to face judgment if something doesn't happen. Like, we're not able to be made right with God unless something happens. And my two favorite words in this chapter come next in verse 4. It says, but God. Like, sometimes I feel like when people tell us, but, but this, like, and they're, they're, they're complaining or making an excuse, but this. This is the best term that we could see right here because but God means he's going to step in and take care of all of our sin. He's going to step in and take care of the judgment that we deserve. 
And he keeps going, saying, who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead in trespasses. You are saved by grace. He also raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavens in Christ, so that in the coming ages he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through the kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is God's gift, not from works, so that no one can boast. So because of what Christ did on the cross, and through God's grace, life doesn't have to end at death. Like, it can be just the beginning of it. Like we have, we have two promises in life. One is that we're going to be born, and two, that we're going to die. Like those are the two promises. And for us in this room, we've had promise one, and that's we're all born. The second one is the promise of death, and that also is coming, but it doesn't have to end there. Like, death doesn't have to be a bad thing. It can be good, and it is good for anyone that is in Christ, because there's a better life to come. And so the gospel that, that Christ died on the cross for us should be the root of all of our thankfulness and gratitude. Like, being full of gratitude is showing God your appreciation for him in the way you live your life. Which is going to lead us to our next point of worship, but I want to take a quick pause here and just say, I know this can be a really hard season for some. Like, there's things going on in your life that have happened that it brings back bad memories, or maybe it's a sickness that, that's going on right now. That's just, it's hard to be thankful to God if there's, if there's something going on in your family. Or maybe there's a death that, that's just really hard to, to, that you're going through. Or maybe it's a mental illness. There's so many things that are wrong in this broken world that it can be a really hard season. And I just want you to know that it's okay to not be okay. It's okay that it's hard to be thankful or have a life full of gratitude right now. But I want, I want to remind us of the gospel, of, of how God is good, and if you are in Christ, he's working all things together for your good. Like it says that in Romans 8, 28. And I know just for me right now, it's been a hard couple months. My, my grandma passed away a couple months ago, or a month ago now, and it was a really hard thing to go through. It was the first death that I've actually had to go through. And I had to just trust in God that, that he is good that I'm thankful for the, all the opportunities I, I got to have with her. And so I don't know what's hard in your life right now. I don't. But I know that there's probably something. And I want you to know that God is good, like, that he sent his son, he sacrificed him to die for you and for me. And that's where our thankfulness should be rooted. And so... All of this that we have from God, which is good, like we have a lot of good gifts, all of them lead us into worshiping him. Like that should be the goal of it. When we see God's good gifts, it should lead us to worship, especially Jesus' death and resurrection. And so a life marked by thanks is full of worship. And so we see in the text that because God is who he is, we are called to worship him. Right, like the psalm writer is prompting us to worship him because of who God is. And he's, he's telling the audience to praise the Lord, to serve the Lord, 
to, to give thanks to him. Like these are the expressions of gratitude. Is the thankfulness and gratitude leads them to worship. Like that's his call. Is to remember God is good. Like the reason that we worship God is because he is good. And in my study this week of this text, the ter- I want to look specifically at the term give thanks. And as I was looking at it, I found that the Hebrew word for, for give thanks in, this, in, in, in here in this sentence is yada. And so yada means praise. Like it's common in the book of Psalms as it is, in the, it is a response to something that God does in the lives of his people that they are grateful for. Like, worship for them is a response to what God has done. And then also the term toda. So it's another Greek term, and it means sacrifice. In the Old Testament, there was, they would offer sacrifices, demonstrating their faith in God's provision that, they were be, that there would be a coming Savior. So this is all a part of the, the Old Testament covenant. And so... Today, though, we live in an already but not yet where we have Jesus. Like Jesus died and rose again, but the second coming hasn't come. So it's a part of the, the, the already that he did die and rise again, but the not yet that he hasn't come back. And so our response of thankfulness to Jesus dying on the cross in our place is to be giving our lives of worship to God. Like Romans 12:1, Paul says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. We, in response to all that God has done for us, we offer our lives as a sacrifice in obedience to him. It's a worship of him that's following Jesus. That is, that is being obedient because of what he's done for us. Not of trying to earn something, like, like not going to church to earn salvation, but going because it's an expression of worship where we get to sing praises and be reminded of who God is. And so the way that we live our lives is how we show worship. Like all of us truly worship something. I'm not sure what it is for you, but it can be other things besides God. Like whatever it is that we spend our time and energy and money on, that shows what we worship. And if it's not God, it's not going to please us. Like it's not going to satisfy us. Like whether it be a job or a status or a relationship, if it's not God and if it's not what Jesus did for us, it's not going to satisfy And so what we worship is what shows us what we're thankful for. So how we spend our week, how we spend our money, like what we look up, like are we putting in things that are showing that we worship God or that we worship ourselves and care about our own glory or we care about our own desires and not God's? Like if someone followed you around for the day, would they tell that you're a Christian? Like would they tell that you worship God? Like, in the way that you talk, in the way that you live, in the, the decisions you make, would they know you're a Christian? Like, a life of worship is the expression of what God has done because of the thankfulness you have from Jesus dying on the cross and changing you. And so, finally, a life marked by thanks 
is full of Jesus. Like God's faithfulness through all generations is ultimately seen in his promise of Jesus. From the beginning of time when sin entered in the world in Genesis 3 to the time of Jesus, God was faithful to his people. Like if we track from Abraham and the promise of he's going to bless all nations to David where we see in the middle where, where that's another line of Jesus to come, where Jesus comes. And so if we track each and every person from Jesus back to Abraham, we see the line of Jesus tracked all the way from Abraham to Jesus. Like that is God's faithfulness telling his people that he is going to give them a savior that they need. And so a life marked by thanks is full of Jesus because only life can be found in him. Like Jesus says, I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. Like in Jesus, life is found. Therefore, we're called to become one with him. So it's full of Jesus because we're trying to become more like him, because we're pursuing him, because we're following him. And this comes by surrendering ourselves and becoming slaves to Christ, loving people, and having humility and being obedient. And to some, this seems like you're getting chains put on, that you have to obey someone now, that you have to follow their rules or their laws. But it is not like that. Being a follower of Jesus and obeying God is actually the best thing we can do because the good shepherd in Jesus laid down his life for us. Like he laid down his life for his sheep. That's what leads to thankfulness. And so we see God's faithfulness throughout all generations in Jesus. And when we realize the weight of our sin and the punishment that God is love, that God cares for us, that he is good, that he is faithful, when we realize that, that leads us to thankfulness. And so a great measure of if Jesus is in our life, if we are full of Jesus, is do we talk about him? Like, a great measure of it is, have I told anybody about Jesus? Like, a thankful heart leads us to proclaiming the gospel to others. Like, has anyone got a gift that they just can't stop talking about? Like, I feel like we've all had those gifts in our lives with whatever it would be. Like, for me, like, I just got this watch the other day from my fiance, and so we just had our anniversary, and so she gave me this new watch, and I've told so many people about it. Like, literally, I just walk up, and if you can't see it, I pull up my sleeve and just show them and say, hey, you like this? Yeah, me too. Like, I'm very thankful for this. <laughs> she, she didn't know I was going to say that. Um, but also, probably one of the best gifts I've ever been given is a 114-year-old Bible. It was my great-great-grandpa Earl's. And it's just one of the most sentimental gifts I got just a couple months ago. And I was also just talking about that with my staff. So I work on a staff with five other people, and I was just telling them, hey, do you know what I just got? A Bible. Do you know how old it is? 114 years. You want to know whose it is? It's my great-great-grandpa Earl's. Like, bears the same name as me. I was so thankful for that. Like, one of the greatest gifts I've ever received. But when I, was when I was just talking with them and, and reflecting on what I'm thankful for, I realized that, that I have a really easy time talking about tangible gifts, the things that I've gotten, like my watch or the Bible. It's not this one. I wanted to bring it, but I just didn't want to destroy it because it means a lot to me. 
that I have no problem talking about these tangible gifts, but what I don't talk about is the message of Jesus with people. Like, I don't walk around saying, hey, you see this? Like, this is the gospel. Like, obviously, that's not the gospel. But if I had, if I, just walking around proclaiming the truth of who Jesus is, like, I don't do that. And I had to think about that. My life of thankfulness needs to lead to me sharing the greatest gift that we could ever have. Like, the gospel is the best thing that anybody could ever have. Like, or relationship or anything that could come before Jesus. Like God sacrificed his son so he could be made right with him. Like Paul says, thanks be to God for the inexpressible gift of the gospel. And so if you're a Christian and believe that there's an eternal heaven and eternal hell, the most loving thing you can do is tell somebody about it. Like to share the gospel, that we have a God who loves us, that, that we are sinners and separated from him. But God who loves us was faithful and sent his son Jesus to die for us so that if we put our faith and trust in him, we can be made right with God. Like that, if you're a Christian, needs to be the, most, the, the biggest thing, the most important thing to your life that you are thankful for. And so my, my question tonight for all of us is, is your life marked by thanks? Like, if you were to look at your life, is it marked by thanks? Like, do you show gratitude to God? Do you worship God? Do you follow Jesus? Because all three of these things are choices. Like, it's a choice to choose gratitude. Like, you have the choice to choose gratitude. The opposite of gratitude is complaining. And I complain a lot. I'm a complainer. Like that's, I've realized that is I complain a lot. I have to choose to be grateful. I have to choose gratitude. And you have the choice to, to worship God daily. Like every second of the day, you have the choice to worship God. And you also have the choice to choose to follow Jesus. But you have a choice to follow him. And so just... For me, I was thinking, like, what do I need to, to change about my life to have it be more marked by thankfulness to God? And I think it's just gratitude. Like, complaining all the time isn't going to win anyone to Jesus. Like, if I just keep complaining about things in my life, like, I'm not going to win anyone to Jesus. Like, I need to remember the gospel all the time, that I have all that I need in Jesus. And if there's anyone in here who, who isn't a Christian tonight, you need to just think about, is your, mark, is your life marked by Jesus? Because if, it, if it's not, there is a judgment to come for all people. And I think just the best step for you, if you don't know Jesus, is to ask questions. Like just to process, was Jesus real? Did he resurrect? Like that's the most important thing, is, is if Jesus resurrected or not. Because if he did, if he is who he said he did, which I believe which a lot of you believe, then it matters. And so my encouragement is to talk to Russ, to talk to Lance. Like those are the people that can walk you forward, read the Bible. But just be reminded tonight, guys, the best thing in life is Jesus. Like he is what we should be thankful for this holiday season. He's given us a lot of good things and also those we should be so, so thankful for.
but God sent his son in our place to die for us. Like, that should move us. Let's pray. Jesus, I am so thankful that you bore my cross 2,000 years ago because of the sin that I have in my life that I needed somebody to take because I couldn't do anything to earn salvation and you took it for me in my place and in anyone's place who took, who claims to be a Christian and, and, and loves you, God. I just pray that we'd be moved today and tomorrow to think about what we're thankful for and just to remember and to remember how good the gospel is, how good you are. I just pray that our lives would just continue to be marked by thankfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. The worship team, if you guys want to come back up, I think that's the next thing we're going into. Yes.